again. I'm so glad that you could join us as we probe only the most serious and important questions about life. This week, we'll be discussing the vital role that siblings have in shaping the identity and individuality of a person. But before we dig into the literature, I want to point out some things I found as I was preparing this podcast. Now, I think it's common sense that siblings contribute a lot to who we are as we develop into adults. They're the longest relationship we're ever going to have, and there are strong, uninhibited emotions between siblings. Anyone who has ever gotten into a spat with a sibling knows this to be true. But especially in our childhood years, our siblings are who we spent the vast majority of time with. Okay, so let's get into the text, keeping those key points in mind. The two novels that we're going to be analyzing today have sibling relationships intricately intertwined in their stories. The Immortalist by Chloe Benjamin, and We Are All Completely Beside Ourselves by Karen Joy Fowler. In The Immortalist, Baria, Daniel, Clara, and Simon have complicated relationships at best. I want to talk first about Simon. At a mere 16 years old, Simon leaves his home and his family to go to San Francisco. If he hadn't left, he would have been expected to take over the family business, like his father. But Simon yearned for a different type of life. So he leaves with Clara to go to San Francisco. But the importance of this is that he intentionally creates a life that contrasts everything that his siblings want, whether that be magic or stability. This is a behavior that's actually quite common in people with siblings, particularly with those that have more than two. It's called de-identification, and it occurs when siblings do things such as creating hobbies or separate activities for themselves. Now, I feel like it's important to keep in mind that most siblings do not move across the country and become a dancer to separate themselves, but Simon is in fact an extreme example of what people do when they feel too similar to their siblings and like they don't have their own identity. They'll make one. Moving on to Varya and Clara, they have fates very different from Simon's, but their family relationships still impact their life in a really profound way. In Clara's case, she struggles with alcoholism and depression and eventually takes her own life. For Varya, she never marries or really connects with anyone. Frankly, she's more married to her work than another person. She also suffers from extreme OCD throughout her life that impacts every aspect The connections to siblings may not be immediately apparent, since the four of them had not lived in the same house for many, many years, but studies have actually shown that the effects of poor sibling relationships reach far into adulthood. The same study found that if sibling relationships were cited as distant or destructive, it increases your chance at depression and other related mental health issues. It's also associated with lower self-esteem and loneliness, even up to 50 years later. Varya and Clara have had complicated relationships with their siblings, and it is safe to assume that these distant relationships contributed to their mental health issues, given that there is a proven correlation. The Gold family struggled a lot, and it's interesting to look at the extreme extent that something as familiar as sibling relationships impacted their life later, much like all of the other siblings we're discussing today. Now, Daniel, he merits mention, but doesn't fit as nicely into the categories in the studies as the others have. However, his siblings do impact his well-being in a very large way. See, Daniel has a really strong desire to learn the truth about Simon and Clara, and truth be told, it kind of haunts him throughout his life, and eventually leads him into a manic state when he searches for the Rashika. 
Clearly, he cares very deeply for them and struggles a lot with it, which eventually leads him to his death. On a more mundane note, his life is put on pause when Simon starts when he moves to San Francisco, and Daniel delays his medical school. See, he's given the responsibility to look after his mother, and he feels responsible to bring Simon back. And Simon's decision to leave actually affects the opportunities and life decisions he makes because he feels he is limited by Simon's decisions. An unrelenting sibling bond pulls all of them together, and the strain of it affects each one of them in separate ways, but stands as a testament to the best and worst of family bonds. It's undeniable that they all care for each other, but the negative effects are also undeniable. They each make choices that are affected by their relationship with others. So now, let's move on to We Are All Completely Beside Ourselves. This moving story is one of the complicated familiar and sibling bonds, but more importantly, the struggles when we lose those bonds. See, Lowell and Rosemary's sister, a chimpanzee named Fern, is taken away from them when Rosemary and Fern are both five years old. Having lost a sister, Lowell and Rosemary struggle to come to terms with it, but their parents choose to treat Rose and Lowell differently because they reacted differently. As Rose narrates, our parents decided to concentrate on allaying Lowell's insecurities which means that the house was filled with love for him. His favorite games, books, foods. Uh, they went to Disneyland for him. And it makes an interesting implications because it has been shown that varying treatments from parents, such as giving one lots of attention and the other not as much, will make sibling relationships more conflictual and less friendly if they see the treatment as unfair. He leaves as, when Rosemary is 12 years old. So the way that he left and the way he was treated when he was still there contributed to Rose's complicated relationship with him. After he disappears, she has no way to get in touch with him. She holds a deep admiration for him and even chooses her college based on his last sighting, but they arguably do not have a good relationship that benefits her. But perhaps the more important part of Rosemary's siblings' bonds was Fern, because she was essentially a twin sister to her, and having her taken away pretty much completely destroyed Rosemary. As Rose attempts to understand the details of the events of her childhood, she still feels connected to her family, but that oftentimes doesn't help her situation. So let's go back to the vital importance of siblings for teaching us about other people. See, Rosemary struggles a lot to have friends and have steady relationships in her life. When she enters kindergarten, she is bullied for having chimpanzee characteristics and for having been raised with a chimp. In college, she struggles again uh, with not really solid friend groups or a steady relationship. I think this relates back to the science yet again, because scientifically, those with more siblings are known to have increased empathy and conflict resolution, meaning that they have better relationships. It was actually known that those with strong bonds with siblings are more successful at making friends in school. And for example, if you are a girl with a brother, you are more likely to have a boyfriend in college. Siblings don't just keep us company. 
They teach us how to interact and read other people's minds and what they're thinking. Jumping off of this, people who have strong bonds with siblings are known to be happier, which is something that I've mentioned before, but merits being mentioned again. So Rose did not have the full picture that allowed her to develop the empathy and ability to understand other people that siblings bring. I actually think that having that connection and then losing it made it worse for her. It would also be wrong to think about learning to interact with other people without recognizing that Rosemary primarily learned about human interactions from a chimp. Both losing her siblings and the fact that her sister was a primate contributed to the fact that Rose struggled significantly in making connections later in life. When Rose lost both of, her, both of her siblings effectively, she also lost a vital part of her development that harmed her later in life. For me, it's incredibly interesting to see how tried and tested theories about the effects of siblings come through in literature in which the novelist most likely had no intention of making it scientifically accurate. The science just shows up on its own accord. In both of these situations, every one of their siblings greatly impacted their life. From birth to death, siblings are tied together whether they like it or not. When le reading literature such as this, I feel like it's important to recognize and understand how each part of the story impacts the other. Siblings are irrevocably intertwined at our best and worst, and we would not be the individuals we are without them. They affect everything we do, from our opportunities in life, in Daniel's case, to our mental health, like Varya and Clara, to how we shape our identity, like Simon, and even how we learned how to understand people, the skill that Rosemary is missing. The people we are bound with by blood are there for better or for worse. In these cases, it happens to be at their worst. Hopefully, I left you with something to ponder for a little while, and hopefully you learned something new while you were at it. And I'd like to thank you for th taking the time to tune in to another episode of At Our Best and Worst.